I'm Kyle. And this is Spooked and Spirited. We have changed the name out of respect to the original Spooked, which I hear is a terrific podcast um, where they, I believe, improv horror stories, and it's quite good. Yeah. Um, today we're going to be talking about creepy-ass dolls. <laughs> um... The first one is a pretty famous one, and you may have heard the lore episode on the subject, Robert the Doll. Um, we teased that this would be our next episode in uh, the last episode. However, we have added another creepy-ass doll. Annabelle the Doll. Um, so that will be Kyle's. Uh, we're going to start off with Robert, though. So let's just jump into it. Um, there was a guy. He was a kid. Named Robert Eugene Otto, but people just called him Gene. And his parents uh, lived well enough off that they could afford a staff of maids and nannies and housekeepers, etc., etc. And in 1906... Um, Very old. Yeah. Um, uh, Gene was given this uh, doll by a Bahamian or Jamaican servant. Um, the servant, uh, of course, loved him, uh, probably took care of him far more than his parents ever did. Um, but whether she was Bahamian or Jamaican is actually not definitive, as I've found evidence of both in reports. Um, and it started off pretty innocently, Basically, he started by talking to the doll, but anyone, any kid has spoken to their toys, off and on, um, as if they had some sort of life. I mean, there's the, the movie Toy Story all about if toys could come to life because kids take their toys so seriously. Um, but it started to get really strange um, as people would hear... Jean talking, and then they'd hear what sounded like another voice responding. And of course, the first, um, the first response to this is, oh, he's doing a voice for the doll. But the doll's voice seemed really creepy to a lot of people. And so they would start to check in on Jean while he was talking to his doll while he was playing. And they would find, occasionally, Jean cowering in the corner while the doll sat on the bed, and it started to get just kind of strange that there was seemed to be a power dynamic between the two. And, um, uh, let's see, their companionship even developed to the point where they would wear identical outfits. Um, the most classic outfit for Robert the doll, who was named Robert by Jean after himself. Um, Which, to interrupt, the fact that they would wear matching outfits and shit's creepy to, in and of itself. Come and play with us, Danny. Yeah. Forever and ever and ever. Yeah, no, it's super creepy. <laughs> <clears throat> but, I mean, kids in and of themselves can be kind of creepy in the way that they treat yeah. inanimate objects. So, you know, we kind of have an explanation there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um... Oh, wait, hold on. We didn't announce what we were drinking. Oh. We are drinking vodka with juice. With crayon pineapple juice, to be specific. Yeah, that's what we're drinking today. 
It is quite delicious and not very nutritious. No, not not at all. So quite sugary. Sugar is my new diet. Yeah. Um. To continue though. So. He carries the doll everywhere. They have matching outfits. He has a chair. The doll has a chair at the dining room table. Um, as you hear in the lore episode, which I would highly suggest going and listening to because he does a great job of narrating the story of Robert the doll. Um, uh, he would even be kept near the tub while Jean was bathing. You know, this doll had to be involved in everything. They were tucked into bed together. So he starts talking to the doll, and at first, okay, whatever. Then there were two voices, and so people think, oh, is this a game? But then the cowering in the corner starts, and that's kind of peculiar. I think um, you mean creepy again. What? I think you mean creepy there. Oh, probably, but, <laughs> you know, it's peculiar. It's odd. Odd and a little fucked up. A little bit. Um... Now, as far as escalation goes, um, he'd start to, they would start to find Gene screaming in his room, and then they'd rush in, and his entire room would be torn up. And then, of course, he'd say, Robert did it. To which the parents were like, what? No, you did this. Robert's a doll. What are you talking about? Um, and then these prank-like things escalated even further. First of all, with other rooms getting torn up. Like, uh, guest rooms would have sheets torn, turned down, and he would just ruin things. And then he is ambiguous, because it could either be the kid, or it could be the doll. Ooh. Um, uh, the servants even reported being locked out of the house during rounds, and Jean would say, uh, Robert did it. Um... Then we start having sightings of the doll doing strange things. Um, the biggest one is neighbors and visitors would see Robert the doll supposedly run from window to window. Um, from outside, they would see it. And uh, visitors would hear laughter and seeing the doll blink at them, which started to be unnerving in that this poor child, Jean, had been claiming that this doll was doing such, like, horrible things and tormenting him, even though he was his best friend and was taking him all around everywhere. I mean, does this kid have Stockholm Syndrome to a doll? I mean, quite <laughs> frankly, like, I just want to make Robert happy. He knows what's best. But, um... They would start to hear little footsteps running through the hallways at night as well. So after a while, the parents get sick of this, and they put Robert in a box in the attic. Now, one person who was really involved in this um, transference um, was the aunt of the family, and later that day, I think, she was found dead and immediately Robert was brought out of storage because the superstition was just too much for the family. Um, that's just too much, man. <laughs> um, and so Jean grows up. Um, they kind of carried on the same exact way, just kind of letting Jean 
have the doll with him. But even as he grows up, he keeps this doll with him. Which is creepy in its own right. Now a grown-ass man having a fucking doll is just... Yeah, no, this brings it to the next level for me. The, the full-grown adult <clears throat> with a doll that he thinks is sentient, that's next level for me. That that breaches into a, oh, this is no longer a child's game. This There's something seriously wrong with this person. Or yes. there's something seriously wrong with this doll. Or both. Something is completely screwed up. Somewhere. Um, he returns home to Florida, which is where the family lived. And um, Robert still is with him. And he gets married. And the doll is still with him. <laughs> there is a chair by the bed. For this doll. By his marriage bed. Jesus. And um, he still has a seat at the dining room. And this superstition just kind of carried on. That this doll was real and it had a true vengeance for anyone that would put it away. Now it is kept in them as they pass. And that's pretty much the story of Robert the doll. That is... Crazy that this man kept this doll all the way into his adulthood. I mean, what would you do if you were a child and you honestly thought your doll was alive? I would freak the hell out and tell my parents is what I would do. Okay. So they don't think I would keep the doll around. I would be scared as hell. Yeah, so they put it away in storage. And then they take it back out because someone dies when they put it in storage. So what do you do at that point? I don't know what I would do. How far Burn the fucking thing. I know, like how far away <laughs> do you get from it? Like, will some bad juju come out if you burn it? Or like I mean, it's just terrifying to think that there's something has to be done, right? Yeah, no, for real. Something has to take care of this doll. I'm partially terrified that it still exists in this world. No one's bothered to take care of it. <laughs> I mean, even at the the museum, how many people said that not believing in it, they have they have come to calamity themselves and have have, have written letters back, uh, begging forgiveness for not believing in in the power of this doll. Yeah, no, it's it's super terrifying. There's um this whole idea that the servant was involved in voodoo and really wanted to make a companion for. Jean, even after she had left the service of the family. Now, did you look into to where this doll actually came from at all? Mm-mm. There's, I, I looked into it a little bit, and it, it came from this German company, and it was a doll that it, um, the people found its origins. It wasn't actually supposed to, it's not a doll that was actually really supposed to be sold to public. It was just supposed to be a display kind of doll. Huh. So it's not even something that's supposed to be even in the arms of a child you know it's it's supposed to be just something in display so it's and it was originally i think a kind of sort of clown like doll like a, a jester like that's figure. creepy yeah <laughs> i don't like clowns I'm, I'm i wouldn't say i have a phobia of clowns but clowns on top of other creepiness is is just kind of an extra layer i don't think most people like Clowns. I think that's an okay thing to say. Um, Clowns are pretty fucking weird. That's fair. That's fair. And to be a a doll on top of being a clown makes it kind of extra weird, extra creepy. You know what I would do? 
if I had that doll, I would give it to someone else and try to be <laughs> as honest as I could about wanting them to have a companion. Because maybe that creepy doll would understand that my goodwill was there and leave me the hell alone. And just mess with that other person and Hey not man, you. just keep passing it on. <laughs> Pay it forward, am I right? Pay it forward in the worst possible way. <laughs> Pay it forward, he'll be your best friend. It's like the herpes of curses. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so that's Robert the Dumb. The, creepy, the, herpes, the of herpes of curses. Um, great way to end a segment about uh, child, child's toys. Alright, now we're going to learn about Annabelle. Like Robert the Doll, Annabelle's also inspired movies. Robert inspired the Chucky movies, if any of you out there listening have witnessed those lovely, lovely movies. Um, Annabelle apparently inspired the Conjuring movies. Um, the set of movies inspired by the Warrens. Um, and she is now on display in their museum. Oh. Now, the whole origin of the story is in 1970, a woman named Angie bought this doll for her college-age daughter named Donna. Now, first off, why the hell is this woman buying a, a rag? It's a, it was a fucking Raggedy Ann doll. Why is this woman buying a Raggedy Ann doll for her college-age child who's going through nursing school? I that, That's the first thing I can't wrap that's my head bizarre. around. That's bizarre. Last time I got a, ch uh, a doll was... Maybe 10 years old? That, that's Maybe? the first bizarre thing in this story. And and it gets worse from there. Now, the first thing they begin to notice is it's moving on its own. Now, it's just small movements at first. You know, arms and leg positions are are changing on their own, which, you know, you, you know the arms fall. Something, you know, you can, you can attribute to that. But then it begins to, to become more than that. It becomes to change positions within the room itself. It begins to change position. It begins to change rooms completely. Uh -uh. Like they'll, they'll uh -uh. come in and it'll go from being in the living room to the dining room. It'll go from being crossed armed on the couch. Like it'll it'll co they'll come in and it'll be crossed armed, cross legged on the couch, like it's angry or something. And then another day it'll be leaning against a chair, standing up. Ooh. What? Yeah. And and one day they came back. Uh, or um, the daughter. Donna came back to her apartment and found it on her bed with what appeared to be blood dripping from its hands. No, there's no way. Yeah, no, no, no. But before any of that happened, they began to find notes that would said, like, help us, and oddly enough, help Lou, according to the Warren site themselves, which will come back into play later in the story. So after the... The blood-like substance was recovered from the hands. They, they decided to contact the medium. And the medium told them that the soul of Annabelle Higgins, which is where the name of the doll comes from, um, was residing in the doll and had been used to live on the property where they were and had been found dead nearby in a field. Um, the cause of the death was unknown. Now, but she also told them that the, the spirit was was nice, was was comfortable being near them, like, wanted to stay with them, and they were kind of like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's nice, we want to, we want to be nice to this child who was unfortunately, you know, lost its life early. 
Well, that's nice. That that could be that could be actually like a really soothing thing in some ways to take care of an object that could represent a soul. Yeah, and that's that's what they thought. That is until what happened to their friend Lou. Now their friend Lou who had been with who had been around since the first time the doll was introduced had had this feeling that no, screw that. This thing is evil from the outset of the entire situation. He had always felt that it was evil. And um, the following is a quote from the Warren's website themselves. And it, this is his first incident with the doll. Um, and it says, Lou awoke one night from a deep sleep and in panic. Once again, he had a recurring bad dream. Only this time, somehow, something seemed different. It was as though he was awake but couldn't move. He looked around the room but couldn't discern anything out of the ordinary, and then it happened. Looking down toward his feet, he saw the doll, Annabelle. It began to slowly glide up his leg, moved over his chest, and then stopped. Within seconds, the doll was strangling him. Paralyzed and gasping for breath, Lou, at the point of asphyxiation, I can't fucking speak because I've been drinking too much, asphyxiation blacked out. Lou awoke the next morning certain it wasn't a dream and was determined to rid himself of that doll and the spirit that possessed it. However, he would have one more terrifying experience before that was over. Now, the next thing... That's... Let me stop you there. Okay. First of all, sleep paralysis. Second of all... <laughs> whoa. Okay. I agree with the sleep paralysis. I mean, that is, that is an obvious... That is a you classic case. You have this case. whole situation where they've built up this kind of mythology with, oh shit, you have this weird-ass doll thing here. You have these creepy things happening. So, of course, if you have a sleep paralysis experience the next day when you wake up and you've had that experience, you're going to kind of have that color in your experience to kind of add on to it. So it's kind of hard to necessarily yeah. believe that account not to necessarily completely discredit his experience but it's hard to fully it's hard to fully believe it when you have well it's a classic explanation yeah is there was like you know psychological turmoil involving the stall and then sleep paralysis well it happens so the two combined could have very easily created that situation that like vision yes definitely now, his next interaction happens later. Before they're about to go on a road trip, they hear this, this, this sound that sounds like some sort of intruder in the house. And he goes to investigate, and he goes to this room where it sounds like it came from, looking for some sort of forced entry, and there's nothing there but the doll. And he looks around, looking for forced entry, looks for some way someone could have come in, anything, and there's nothing but the doll. And then suddenly... He feels a searing pain in his chest, and he starts bleeding, and there are these claw marks on his chest. Oh, my God. They're, they're, I, I can't remember. I'm going to get this wrong, but there's like three horizontally and four vertically. There's seven marks. I know that much for sure. And they heal up very quickly, allegedly, which, uh, again, makes this story a little circumspect. But he, he bleeds extremely. You know, he bleeds, he has these horrible, these horrible wounds that the the mother and the daughter witness, and they they become convinced of that this is not just the spirit of some little girl, but the spirit of some 
demonic possession. Oh my gosh, that's insane. That definitely sounds like more than a little girl. Yeah, and this is the point at which they contact the Warrens because they or they they put it out into the world in general, the Warrens contact them actually, and the the Warrens are a team you know, a a team Very famous. Yeah, very famous a team that, that deal with the supernatural a lot and investigate it and deal with it and they come and investigate it and they determine that this is some sort of inhuman spirit, a demonic spirit that is it's not in, in inhabiting the doll. It's it's manipulating it because you can't, uh, according to them, these sort of spirits they can't inhabit these inanimate objects. You have to. It has to be a living object for them to inhabit. But they can manipulate it, and they've been manipulating it. So it, they determined that they need an exorcism, and they do that. They they have a father cook come in and. Um, perform an exorcism and afterwards they take the doll with them and and that's that there's there's never uh there's no more reported incidents afterwards but they they display the doll in the museum afterwards but there's lots of people that call the warrens hope you know hoaxers and and charlatans and every other thing in the book but this is you know uh one of their incidents that's highly reported and was, you know, pardon the pun, conjured a movie, The, the Conjuring. <laughs> oh, no, that was awful. <laughs> that was terrible. But no, the The Conjuring is a really interesting movie. Um, it doesn't have a Raggedy Ann as the doll, which is interesting. It has a much more um, classically creepy doll. Oh, I'm not surprised at it all because Raggedy Ann is not that terrifying. No, she's she's kind of weird looking, but not piss your pants terrifying. So I, I always under- liked Raggedy Ann. She looked kind of cute. My sisters had Raggedy Ann dolls, I think, and not not terrifying in in, in any sense of the word. No, just a little weird. There's looking. something about like glass eyes. You know, like those glass eyes that really get to me. And Raggedy Ann doesn't have that. No. The way that they I think can it's reflect... those, those pioneer era type dolls that have the, the more creepy looking yeah. glass eyes, the kind of vacant looking. Uh huh. They look like they're looking into something and yeah. you can just envision them blinking. Which is which is why the Robert the Doll is so creepy because he was made in the like late eighteen hundreds. He looks he looks pretty strange though. Um you should really look up a picture of him because we can't exactly audio send you a picture. No, definitely not. Um he's a very interesting looking doll comparatively. He's not a raggedy ant in any sense of the no. word. Um and I am, I think that's one of the few things I can honestly say I'm terrified to go see in a museum. <laughs> like, I'm terrified of that doll. Um, I, I just, oh my gosh, no way, no way. Like, I'm terrified of that doll. I can't even explain it. Because I'd be, I'd be scared that as I was going in, I'd try to psych myself down and be like, oh, whatever. And then I'd be one of those people that's writing back being like, please forgive me for my sins. And like the woman in charge of the museum is is answering a lot of those letters now. And it's just, oh, oh I, I wouldn't want to 
be one of those people writing those letters. I know. It's like, oh, God, I regret so much. I mean, even even discounting the whole thing, you have these people who have something horrible happen to them and, and associate that with them, and, you have, and you're writing these letters to this woman. You're thinking this person has this thing, this entity has caused this horrible thing yeah. to happen to you, regardless of whether or not it's true. You still have that association, and it's a kind of horrible thing to it to have happened. Oh yeah, no, that it's in it's incredible. Um, yeah, I'd have to say that creepy dolls are high on my list of things I do not want to encounter paranormally. <laughs> um. There are a few things that I'd be down with, like visiting a haunted place for the night or something like that, but creepy dolls. Even in a brightly lit museum, for some reason, that really gets to me. Dolls in general, for me, I just, I don't care to be around. I think dolls in general are mostly creepy. Yeah. Uh, they're just, that, that uncanny valley effect is just really there for me. It's just, yeah. most of the time... It's just really there that they're always creepy, regardless of the type of doll. So when it comes to these dolls that have these stories behind them, it becomes especially creepy. And I don't want a fucking thing to do with them. Yeah, no, for real. So let's not have anything to do with them. <laughs> let's just uh, stay away from that. Yes, I agree completely. And I, I think that's about it for what we have this episode for you guys. This has been our episode for Robert the Doll and Annabelle the Doll. And we thank you for listening. This has been Spooked and Spirited. And I am Grace. And I am Kyle. And we thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Spooked and Spirited with Grace and Kyle. And you can find us on Facebook under Spooked and Spirited. And you can email us at drunkspooked at gmail.com. We would appreciate any ratings and reviews you could leave us on whatever listening platform you're using. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.